Before we get started with today's show, I'm here to tell you about Brez Coffee Company, made by gamers for gamers right here on the Gulf Coast in Pensacola, Florida. Do you like lighter medium roast? Then try the Necromedium Holy Grail Light or Stamina Boost. Or if you're like me and prefer darker roast, try the Critical Dark or the Coup Slayer Mocha Roast. But what if you can't pick just one? Then try one of their specialty sample packs, perfect for an all-night gaming or in the case of my fellow filmmakers, an all-night editing session. Forget about all the crappy coffee you've been buying at the grocery store and head on over to BrezCoffeeCo.com. Use the promo code DDE at checkout to get 10% off your order. Have you ever thought to yourself after listening to this podcast, why didn't Derek ask this question? Or why didn't he ask that question? I know I certainly have. Well, you get the chance to do that if you sign up for my Patreon at patreon.com slash ddiamondpodcast. You get the chance to ask guests of the show a question. If you're a fan of the top five list, you get the chance to vote on what the topic will be. You also get early access to episodes, accessibility to my film scripts, and so much more. And you can do so by heading over to patreon.com slash ddiamondpodcast. And we want to thank our patrons, Tim Spivey and Shannon Williams. Thanks so much for your continued contributions. And now, on with the show. Welcome to the Derek Diamond Experience Podcast, where every week I take a look inside the world of film and television with those who have lived it and experienced it. I'm your host, Derek Diamond, and I wanted to start this show off with a little bit of an apology because as you saw on social media or if you checked your YouTube or podcast feeds, there was no show this past Thursday. And I was originally going to do this live show this past Wednesday, but my internet decided to crap out for about an hour, and then I had a uh, had I've been having AC or air conditioning issues for quite a while, and we had a uh, repairman come out. Uh, unfortunately, it was after hours, so I had to ditch doing this show as well as doing Nerd Cave Retro. So for all the listeners of that show, I do apologize as well, but. Sometimes emergencies uh, do happen, but we're here right now. Uh, you're actually going to get two shows this week. Uh, this is going to be a makeup of what was going to be last week's live show. I'll be talking about uh, Loki. I saw Black Widow this past week, so I'll be giving my thoughts on that. And then uh, kind of give a little tease as to what this Thursday's interview is going to be. So I wanted to just start by diving right in. Uh, this news actually broke... I believe uh, two weeks ago. Yeah, this broke July 5th. And this is according to The Hollywood Reporter. Uh, Richard Donner, one of the more iconic directors in the history of film, uh, directed famously Superman the movie, the Lethal Weapon series. So many, uh, oh, The Goonies as well. So many iconic movies that we know from the 70s and 80s uh, passed away at the age of 91. And He's one of those directors that I feel like doesn't get the credit he deserves because if you especially look at Superman the movie, it laid the foundation for most of the superhero movies that we see now. You know, Superman the movie is, at least to my recollection, the first major mainstream superhero film with a budget like that, with a look like that. And then years later, 
Tim Burton's Batman comes around and then you know then we get Blade, we get X-Men and then Spider-Man which God, the original Tobey Maguire movie next year is going to turn 20 years old. That makes me feel ancient, but I digress. Uh, rest in peace, Richard Donner, one of the most notable filmmakers in the history of television, really television and film. Uh, he changed the narrative and really, I think, set the standard for for directing. So rest in peace, good sir. Um, I'm going to say a little bit, this is going to be a um, Ask Me Anything type show. So if you have any questions that you want to throw out there, feel free to do so. They don't have to be film or TV related. They can be about literally anything. So definitely uh, throw those in. I'm going to actually refresh the feed here to see if we've got anything. I don't want to do that. I've said it before, but I, I can't stand the way that Facebook changed their their live feed and how we look at it and everything. It's it's extremely obnoxious. But uh, moving on to Loki, uh, and this is a show that I feel like I haven't really talked about the Marvel shows as much. I know I did the, the feature on the John Walker character for Falcon and Winter Soldier, but I can't really remember discussing WandaVision and I haven't discussed Loki yet and going into my expectations of the Loki series I liked WandaVision and Falcon and Winter Soldier for different reasons I liked WandaVision because it was very different and very creative with their storytelling with how they use the sitcom setting and what it sets up for later on in the MCU I liked Falcon and Winter Soldier, even though it had a slow start, but I felt like the last half of that show was really powerful in setting up Sam as the new Captain America. I thought it was just extremely well done. I love his new costume. I thought the speech he gave at the end of the movie was amazing. I hope we get, I think if there's going to be a second season of any Marvel show, it's going to be this one. I hope they call it Captain America and the White Wolf, but... That's that's just me. But with Loki, you know, Loki is a little bit of an underrated character in the Marvel movies. You know, I felt like Marvel maybe went to the well with Loki a, a time or two too many because he was the villain of Thor. He had a big role in the Thor of the Dark World, was the primary villain in Avengers. And I felt like by that point, you know, we needed a little bit of a break from that character, but I like the way that Tom Hiddleston has played him. I think he steals the scene, whatever scene he's in. I, I've just, I've loved his portrayal, even though I think his usage has been a little, little much, but I was excited when they announced there was going to be a series based on that character. And when we saw what happened in Endgame with the 2012 Loki taking the Tesseract, we knew that, you know, it would probably have something to do with the multiverse or time travel because he was supposed to die and then that didn't happen. So I think it, it offered a certain level of intrigue and it was the show that uh, maybe outside WandaVision that I was the most curious about. And to me, Loki had the best start of any of the Marvel series that have come so far. You dove right in. It didn't take too long to really set up 
what was going on, even though there has been that level of mystery at the end of each episode where you want to know what happens next. It had the best start, and I think it's had the best overall run of any of the shows, and I know we've got the finale coming up this week, and I'll get into that in a little bit too. And I will say I'm going to get into... I would just say I'll get into spoilers. Like to me, you either get into spoilers or you don't. I'm going to get into spoilers for last week's show. So if you haven't watched Loki yet or the most recent episode, episode five, then just skip ahead a couple of minutes. I was really blown away with how much I liked the Loki variants. You know, they were teased at the end of episode four after Loki got pruned and went to this purgatory type world and met variants of himself, Kid Loki, Boastful Loki, uh, Classic Loki, which was played by Richard E. Grant, and the Loki variant that's taken the internet by storm, Alligator Loki. And I just remember, you know, we were watching episode four, and I thought to myself, is that is that an alligator wearing Loki's helmet? And sure enough, it was. And he he steals the entire episode, so much that people are crawling for a... Uh, I think the name for him is Krogi is what they're calling him. People are begging for a Krogi spinoff. And I I would be, I'd be okay with that. I think if you did a um, uh, Frog Thor and Crocodile Loki or Alligator Loki team up, even if you did it as like an animated short, would be hilarious. I I would, I would love it personally. But uh, as far as what I think is going to happen, we see the castle at the end of episode five. And it seems like we're going to find out who is behind the TVA, uh, really behind everything. And there's a couple of different ways that they could go with this. I think the most obvious choice and the most popular theory is that it will introduce King the Conqueror. The character's already been cast. He's going to be the villain of Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumanium. But he could very well make an appearance in this. And I know Jonathan Majors came out and said that he doesn't appear in it. I think if he shows up, it's not going to be until near the end or the very end of the episode. Because you got to remember, even though this is the finale of Loki, this is setting up what's going to happen over the next couple of movies. We've got Spider-Man coming out. We have... Multiverse of Madness coming out. Then we also have Quantum Mania, which that that's not until 2023. I I think it likely is Kang. What I think is going to happen is there's going to be another Loki variant that's in the castle, and we think that he is the one behind everything. But I think it's going to be revealed in either a post-credit scene or at the very end of the episode, that it is Kang. But at the same time, you also have to wrap up the six-episode arc that's been told. So I think you have to offer at least some type of resolution to who the TVA is. I think that will be resolved by the end of the episode. Now, what will happen between Loki and Sylvie, I don't know. Like, it could bleed into another film, I have no idea. I feel like you have to offer some resolution to their story because I don't know where in the MCU 
you would continue it. So I think you, I think you resolve it uh, in in this situation. So I, that's what I think is is going to happen. I, I think at some point you have to reveal who Kang is, and you could do that. I mean, look at what they did with Thanos. You know, they introduced him at the end of the Avengers, but you didn't really see him until other post-credit scenes of movies. So I think that could start with Loki and then maybe in Multiverse of Madness, he has a post-credit scene or in another movie that comes out you know, later in the year, like Love and Thunder, that could happen as well. But I, I think this is all shaping up for him to be the next Thanos. And I don't know that he will last through the entire phase four because it ends with fantastic four. And I think once that movie comes along, you then start the setup for Galactus as the next big threat that brings everyone together. Cause I don't know, it, you know when we're going to get another Avengers team up movie. I think it's going to be a very long time before that happens because there are so many new characters that Marvel's currently establishing because Tony Stark is gone. Steve Rogers is gone. We don't know what's going to happen with Thor. You know, I, I don't think they'll kill Thor off in love and thunder, but I mean, who, who knows really it's let's see. Oh, Heather Waldron is watching. Hi, Heather. Thank you for watching as well as my mother. Donna Diamond is watching. So uh, thank you both for checking out this fun live show. Um, I'll probably go about another 10 to 15 minutes. Um, again, whoever's watching, if you want to throw in some questions in the chat, definitely do that. Again, they don't have to be film related. They can be about literally anything. Uh, the only other major thing that I wanted to talk about was Black Widow, which I saw on opening night, first Marvel movie that's come out in two years. And I'll be, I'll be getting into spoilers with this as well. So if you haven't seen Black Widow yet, go watch it, then come back and check out the podcast. So I, I had a certain level of excitement for Black Widow. And I think it has nothing to do with the character. I like the Black Widow character and I like Scarlett Johansson as an actress. But I found myself becoming less enthusiastic about the film the more it kept getting pushed back. Because this was supposed to kick off Phase 4, not WandaVision. Because you were supposed to get Black Widow and then I think one other movie and then the shows would start. So I was excited, but not like it wasn't like Endgame or a lot of the other Marvel movies that have come out recently where it's like I have to like have to be there. So we get there and the theater is is pretty well packed, definitely the most packed that I've seen uh, since the pandemic hit in a theater. And I was a little disappointed when I found that when the opening animation for Marvel came on and you know, to me that's become almost like on the level of 20th century Fox. When you hear that drum roll and that fanfare, you know, it, it, it draws you into the film from the get go. And I found that Marvel does the same with their intro and there were crickets. You could have heard crickets inside the theater. Like no one was really 
reacting to the movie at all. And it was kind of the same way as the film kept progressing. And I was a little surprised because I thought, you know, like Marvel has such a huge fan base and there hasn't been a Marvel movie in two years now is, you know, what, what's the deal? Why are people being so lackadaisical? And even when the movie was over, there was no applause or anything like that. Uh, Oh, Adam Waldron is uh, watching asking for Oliver. Do you ever think big hero six will enter in the MCU? I would like to see that. I, I think eventually there's going to be some type of a, even if it's like a tongue in cheek type thing, even if it's something like, you know, like a big hero six character plush in the background of a scene or something like that. I, I would get behind that as I take a sip of my coffee here, but yeah, I, I found myself, I don't know, losing focus of the movie at times, especially at the beginning. And I, I liked the flashback of showing Natasha and her sister as kids to set up for what would happen eventually. But it seemed like after that, I don't know, I just couldn't, I couldn't get into it. I don't know if it was the feel of the film, because it didn't really feel like a Marvel movie. It felt like they were trying to create a James Bond, Jason Bourne-esque type of feel with it being like an espionage slash spy movie. Um, Heather, I'll get to your question in a second after I get uh, finished with Black Widow here. Um, overall, I, I'll say some highlights. Um, Red Guardian, played by, I believe it's David Harbour, was really funny. I enjoyed his his character. I hope we get to see him more. I just like him as an actor. I like, um, I like Hopper in Stranger Things. I'm actually going to look up his name so I don't screw it up. I'm pretty sure I'm right on that, though. Let's see. Black Widow, because, of course, we are live, everyone. Oh, what do you know? Black Widow is the first thing that pops up. Uh, oh, IMDb changed their layout, layout to... Yeah, David Harbour as a Red Guardian. Of course, um, her, him and Florence Pugh, who played uh, Yelena, Natasha's sister, they were both the show stealers for me. Um, I think, the especially the scene at the end, which again, if you haven't seen it, Hopefully you're not still listening and you're watching Black Widow and then coming back and listening to the show. There is a post-credit scene where Yelena goes to Natasha's grave, and this is in present day. And Julia Louis Dreyfus, Julia Louis Dreyfus's character, words are hard today. Uh, her character from Falcon and the Winter Soldier shows up, and apparently Yelena's been working for her because she flashes out a tablet and says, here's your next target, the man who murdered your sister. And of course, it's Hawkeye, which to me is a setup for the Hawkeye series. So I think you, we could see something where Yelena becomes maybe the next Black Widow and she learns exactly what happened with Natasha's death because she probably doesn't know that she sacrificed herself to get the Soul Stone. She just assumes that she's been murdered by someone. Or so Valentino would have her think. And of course, I also think this is leading up to 
the Thunderbolts team-up movie, which is almost like a, an anti-hero version of the Avengers. Or you could think Suicide Squad if you're a DC fan, because we've already seen U.S. Agent, and now we're going to have Yelena, who might be like the dark Black Widow. So it could be like a Dark Avengers or a Thunderbolts. I'm just thinking they might call it Thunderbolts because, one, they're an actual team, and two, Thunderbolt Ross is still around. You know, he's at the beginning of this movie. And he's like, well, now that they're bringing back Abomination too, but he seemed to be that one connection to that Incredible Hulk movie that came out that they don't really acknowledge at all, which I find kind of funny. I mean, I didn't think that movie was terrible. It wasn't great, but it also wasn't terrible. Uh, but overall, I would say it's not the worst Marvel film that I've seen but I wouldn't call it my favorite. If you're a Marvel fan, I definitely think you should go check it out. Or if you're a fan of James Bond type movies, then I think you could go watch this and enjoy it because this is also a Marvel movie that you don't have to really do a ton of homework. You know, you don't have to do a ton of research when it comes to knowing who the characters are. Cause really the only one from previous films is, you know, Natasha and Thunderbolt Ross. But I don't know if, I don't know what I'd give it on a number score. Maybe like a, maybe like a six, six and a half. I don't know. I find myself to be in the minority because I know a lot of people say they absolutely loved it. And maybe I'll enjoy it more if I watch it a second time. But the combination of the slow feel at the beginning. Oh, and I also have to admit, uh, Taskmaster was was pretty awesome. I know the origin of the character was a little different, but overall thought it was uh, I thought that character was was great. So uh, Taskmaster, Florence Pugh and David Harbour are the reasons that you should watch this movie. But overall, pretty good movie. I wouldn't put it in the bottom tier of Marvel movies, but I also wouldn't put it in the top tier. So Let's see. Questions. Uh, Heather asks, what are your thoughts on best couple Halloween costumes? Well, it's funny because originally I was indifferent to them, but since Samantha and I have started dating, I know we've only had one Halloween together, but I actually enjoy couple costumes. If you do the right ones, we did uh, Jim and Pam from the office when they did their Halloween costumes, only she was three hole punch Jim and I was Pam with the, the cat ears and I had a, a big wig and everything. I wanted to post a picture on Instagram and say, Dunder Mifflin, this is Pam. I think you can't go wrong with any type of sitcom. Like if you did, you know, even something like Jim, Jim and Dwight would work too. But I was thinking Michael Scott and Dwight from The Office. Um, there, there's so many good ones. But I, I'm, I we've, we've talked about several that, that we might do. But the one that comes to mind is John and Mora from, from Schitt's Creek. And then Adam asks, will no time to die ever come out? And I know that he's been really anticipating this movie as have I, it was supposed to come out in April of 2020, just a month after things shut down and it's been pushed back so many times. I feel bad for, for it just like black widow, I think it's supposed to come out in November now. I'm, I'm very confident that, that it will uh, come out here. 
uh, when it's supposed to. And I, I'm looking forward to it. I, I'll be curious to see what they do. I think they're going to go all out since this is Daniel Craig's uh, final Bond film. Let me see if we reconnected here. Da, da, da. Oh, no, it got disconnected. Uh, oh, and he also asked, and this will be our last question, go to movie snacks. They don't really sell these at AMC anymore, but my go-to used to be peanut butter M&Ms and a vanilla Coke. And now you just replace the peanut butter M&Ms with Reese's Pieces. That, and of course, you can't go wrong with, um, you know, a good old-fashioned bucket of popcorn. I, I love that. Uh, and it, it's nice to have the full movie theater experience back. And I will be one to say, I did start going to the theater towards the end of last year. Um, still wore mask and everything, but I, I got to give props to AMC because they really, they, they did their policy right whenever they would space people out. Like if you were to buy two tickets, all the seats beside you, in front of you and behind you would automatically be blocked off to promote social distancing. And I got to give them props for that. And it was weird when that was lifted for Black Widow because we had this huge group that was sitting to the right of us and they took up like half of the the row because uh, we sat in the very back and it was it was pretty wild. It was pretty wild to see that after, you know, because I, I had honestly gotten used to seeing you know, small crowds and seeing certain sections blocked off after people buy tickets and everything. So, yeah, I, I would say to answer your question, peanut butter, not peanut butter, diamonds, Reese's Pieces, Vanilla Coke, and a popcorn are now my go-to movie snack. But uh, I think that's going to do it for this special live show. Sorry about the um, the technical difficulty there. We had a power flicker here. It seems like I'm not meant to do a live show uh, for some reason, but um, likely do another one um, maybe towards the end of August. I know August is going to be a little weird because we have the 12-game homestand coming up, so I'll likely uh, have enough booked in the can to where I can release um, at least an interview for those two weeks, but might do another one of these uh, towards the end of August because I know we'll have more summer movies coming out. We'll have Marvel's What If series will be out for a couple of weeks at that point. So we'll definitely have stuff to uh, to talk about. But for this upcoming Thursday show, you'll be hearing my conversation with actor Courtney Gaines, who has played uh, prevalent roles in such films as Children of the Corn, Back to the Future, The Burbs, Sweet Home Alabama, for those of you who really like that movie. And of course, um, he's also been in Rob Zombie's Halloween remake. He's been a guest star on various TV shows such as Seinfeld, Monk, My Name is Earl, Nash Bridges. And he's been in the industry for a long time. And I had such a blast just hearing him tell stories of the evolution of the film industry and just hearing his insight on what it takes to really succeed as an actor. So anyone who's an aspiring actor or even a current actor, if you're listening to this show, you'll definitely want to check out uh, this next upcoming show that'll be on Thursday. But until then, you can check out past episodes of the show on Apple Podcast, Stitcher, Spotify, anywhere you get your podcast. Just search for The Derek Diamond Experience. If you want to follow me, um, if you want to subscribe to the show, I'm on um, Apple Podcast. I just said that. 
Uh, if you want to follow me on social media, I'm on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at D Diamond Podcast. I'm also on Patreon at patreon.com slash ddiamondpodcast where you can vote on the monthly top five list. I'm going to start doing monthly watch-alongs. So if you're a Patreon subscriber, you can vote on those. You get early access to episodes and so much more. Just go to patreon.com slash ddiamondpodcast. And of course, I got to give you... Uh, Give props to my close friends, the Unicorn Wranglers, for providing the theme music for the podcast. And go check out their new album on Spotify, Google Play, anywhere you find your music. Just search for the Unicorn Wranglers. You can check out their new album, previous albums. They do great stuff. So thank you to them, as always, for supplying uh, the theme music. And I believe that's going to do it for this week's show, or I should say this special live show. Enjoy the rest of your week. Have a safe and fun weekend. Thank you for tuning in to another awesome episode of the Derek Diamond Experience. I'm your host, Derek Diamond, and we'll see you guys back here this Thursday with Courtney Gaines. Mm-hmm.